What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, we are going to be talking about the kickoff times and TV info for CSU football's 2022 schedule that came out today. A pretty intriguing schedule, I think. Nice variety. At least early on, every game is not, you know, an 8.30 kickoff, although uh, some of the conference games could always get flexed. We'll see how that plays out. But I'm just going to give my thoughts on that, the opponents, all of the fun stuff. Uh, David Roddy worked out for the Pacers and Magic this week, getting closer and closer to that June 1st deadline. So we'll kind of see what happens there, and then we'll kind of have to adjust as we find out. You know what I mean? I've, at this point, I really talked about this like 15 times, so I'm not going to make all the same points that I've, you know, gone over time and time again. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think Ram fans should be stoked for Roddy either way. And I also think that CSU is going to be a talented, competitive, you know, a, a team that contends for the NCAA tournament either way. I just think Roddy coming back makes it so your expectations are more like, you know, top 20, win the league, make the Sweet 16, that type of stuff. And all that would be sick. It would be so sick. I mean, selfishly, I I can't think of anything I'd, I'd want to cover more, but, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. And I will talk about it whenever he ultimately makes that decision. You know, we'll get him on the podcast. You know, as I've said, again, I've made all these points a million times in the past, but, you know, Roddy does love CSU. It's not an instance of, you know, him like chomping at the bit to get out of there. You know, he can't wait to leave or anything like that. He's tight with these coaches. He's tight with his teammates. He loves the community that's supported him since day one. All of that. And he's even, you know, he's he's talked about how weird it would be to leave early just because that kind of goes against what he believes in. But it's just a it's a unique situation. But uh, like I said, today we are going to be talking about the uh, the kickoff times, the schedule, which came out for CSU. Some of that not out quite yet. You know, Boise State, San Jose State, we don't know. Uh, we don't know the kickoff time for Hawaii yet, although we can assume it'll probably be like 9 p.m. Mountain Time or something like that. Well, actually, no, because I guess it's in Fort Collins, so it'll... You know, it could be a little bit different. We'll see what happens there. Uh, anyways, before we talk about all that, the NBA playoff action is nonstop over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do. If you are looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, with the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team is going to win, total threes made, total rebounds, Boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get 150 in free bets if they do. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. We are going to talk about the schedule. I, uh, I'm back after a couple of days off, at least from recording. I've been working on some writing. I, I really struggled with what to do, guys. You know, I this situation in Texas is... It's just heartbreaking, and quite honestly, it's infuriating that we just continue to have 
dead children and politicians that refuse to act because they're in the pockets of the NRA and, and all this. And, you know, I'm not going to rant on and on about this because quite honestly, I'm, you know, everybody and their mother with a podcast, with any type of platform, they have given their opinion. We all know it. I'm not going to change any of your opinions. I understand all of that. But as somebody that owns a firearm that's been around guns his entire life, I, I, I don't understand how we don't have more regulation, how we don't have more intense background checks to prevent some of this. I know how these arguments play out. It goes the same way every time. It's kind of like the CSUCU stuff, you know, little brother, half a national championship, fit down, you know, you know how this is going to play out. If I bring up gun control, uh, so, you know, if you're against it, you're going to talk about how it's not the gun, it's a mental health issue, but why, why don't we just try and fix both? And why don't we make it just a little bit harder for an 18-year-old to buy a fucking AR-15? It's easier to buy an AR-15 right now. It's easier to get access to one, not because of the background process, but it's easier to get access to one than it is to get like a PS5. That doesn't alarm anyone. At 18 years old, you are not deemed responsible enough to drink a six-pack of beer. But you can buy, a, I mean, a weapon of, of mass murder. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Again, I'm not, like, anti-gun. I own guns. I've been around guns. I've shot guns since I was a kid with my dad, you know, on ranges and stuff. But I just, I, I don't understand how anyone can cling to it at this point and would not want something to change, would not be willing to try something. Now, there's no part of me that's ever wanted an AR-15. There are people in my family that have them. Um, I've never shot one. Have no interest in it whatsoever. Don't believe in it. I bring this up because I understand that, you know, there are so many responsible gun owners out there. There are people listening to this podcast that probably, you know, own these type of guns. They would never do something like this. And I understand all of that. I genuinely do. I know people like this in my life but we got to try, right? Like we got to try to make it harder. We got to, I, I just don't understand how sitting here and going like, well, what are you going to do? You know, bad people are going to be bad. I, look guys, again, I, I understand that I'm not making any new points here and I'm going to move on because, you know, there's a million more qualified people than me to talk about this, but my brother is going to be a teacher this fall. And, I hate how much I think about it. I hate how much I worry about if he's going to be okay. He's going to be a music teacher. I shouldn't have to worry about his safety, guys. And I, I just don't know how you can look at this situation and think, this is sustainable. This is okay. We don't need to try something drastic. Are we that wrapped up in, in party lines that we're not willing to change? Like, guys, I grew up in a conservative household. I grew up you know, when I was 14, 15 years old, I was under the mindset that like any type of gun control is a slippery slope because you're giving, you know, power. And you don't know what, eventually you just realize one, I mean, the government, if they wanted to take it, they could come to your house, they could take you down any moment they wanted. But it, it, at some point you just <laughs> realize like, I, I, I don't give a shit about any of this party politics. I just... I just want kids to be able to go to school safely. And I understand even if you were to ban all semi-automatic rifles, you know, you could walk in there with a shotgun, you could walk in there with a pistol. 
but at least, you know, you wouldn't be able to shoot an entire room full of people in a matter of moments. There's just no reason for individuals, for normal, everyday U.S. citizens to have access to this type of firepower. You don't need it. It's not necessary. We just, we don't need access to this type of weaponry. It's, it's that simple. I've been around guns my whole life. I hunt. I, I support, you know, I support your right to own a firearm, to protect your house. You don't need an AR-15 to do that. You just don't. I don't know, man. We are a broken society. We are so broken. And again, I know you guys listen to this podcast to hear me talk about CSU, to keep things light. And I, I truly... I embrace being that guy. You know, I, I like being able to provide a distraction for people. You know, that was something I took great pride in during the pandemic, especially just trying to find unique ways to keep people entertained, whether it was, you know, streaming the old CSU games together for DNVR watches and, you know, having everybody tweet along or, you know, creating the all-time roster on the Xbox and, you know, playing the games and engaging people that way and, you know, historical deep dives and all kinds of stuff like I like being able to make unique, fun content for you guys for when your life is tough and you want to just, you know, have five minutes to focus on something else. Cause I get it. Like I'm there all the time. That's what sports are for me. You know, they're, they're a reprieve from stress, from life, from everything else. That's something I enjoy. But during these times, but during something like this, I just, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to just focus on sports. I, I don't. And, you know, so I thank you guys for, you know, allowing me to just have a couple of minutes to honestly just vent. Like for, for honestly, like this is as cathartic for me as it is for anything else. Just, you know, I was talking to my buddy Chris Gabriel, who's out uh, out in Los Angeles uh, doing radio. Really great guy. I used to work in Fresno. But, you know, I just, I feel helpless. You know, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I, I, should I tweet? Should I do nothing? Should I sit silently? Should I call someone? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It, it all feels very overwhelming. But as someone that grew up in Jefferson County, whose mom worked down the street from Columbine, guys, one of my first memories is the sirens going up and down Wadsworth, going to Columbine High School. Didn't know what was happening, obviously. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday. But I remember the sirens because there's just so many of them. And multiple decades later, we're still in the same position. Ten years after Sandy Hook, we're still in the same position. A year and a half or however long ago it was after the, the Boulder King Supers incident, we're still in the same position. When is enough enough? Anyways, y'all know that I, I really try and, and just keep this about... CSU and sports and not try and interject too much in my opinion. I understand everybody has different backgrounds, different ideologies. I don't have a beef with it. I'm friends with people on the right. I'm friends with people on the left. I had to say something about this. It's just it's where my head was at. I can't just come up here and talk about football and act like 20 elementary school kids were not gunned down. My, uh, my heart goes out to the, the entire community, to everybody impacted. I, I don't know what else to say, but it's truly tragic. And quite honestly, it's it's shameful that children continue to to pay the price for the ineptitude and the selfishness of decisions from politicians that continually choose to represent their own 
benefits their own ability to gain and profit than the people they were elected to represent. Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. This is systemic failure by adults to protect children. And it's really as simple as that. <sighs> Deep breaths, everyone. Let's, uh, let's pivot. I know that was heavy. That was longer than I intended. I kind of got emotional there in the moment, started ranting a little bit. Thank you guys for, you know, again, giving me a chance to just cathart a little bit. I need it. But let's move on. Let's talk about the schedule uh, real quick, just to kind of give everybody a, a moment to, to breathe before we get into that. Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of your Colorado avalanche, is celebrating this historic winning season with people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting abs tickets to a pair of community stars each home game during the playoffs, even the Stanley Cup finals. We invite you to nominate a stellar community member and an Avs fan who you think should get a chance to celebrate at a playoff game this year. We're going to hook up a fan, a friend with tickets, gear to match, of course, the drink of the, drink of the season, excuse me, Avalanche Ale. Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit the Marshall Fire victims. Visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game. And check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store near you that sells their delicious options. Love all their beers. It's seltzer season. The Good & Company hard lemonades are about to come out again, which are fire. Breck has hard sodas now. I mean, they do not miss. We love Breck Brew. Go to breckbrew.com. Check it all out today. I also got to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, the Abs, unfortunately, blue game five, up 3-0. Uh, Nathan McKinnon gets a hat trick. I mean, he scores what should have been the game winner with like two and a half minutes left. Should have been one of the most memorable moments in, in Abs history, to be honest. I mean, that game from him was, that was insane. Like, that was Brady in the Super Bowl. That was, you know, Larry Bird leading the Celtics to the finals. That was just the best player on this team and, you know, the leader of this team taken over. I mean, he could not be stopped, but unfortunately pretty tough game from Darcy Kemper, who has been great in the playoffs and the abs got to go back to St. Louis for game six. I, I love, I, I love the abs. I think they, I, I just think they're the best team in hockey. Weird stuff has happened. Again, you start to worry about, you know, another second round exit be the fourth year in a row. I think they take care of business Friday night. I like the abs money line at minus 170. I know they're on the road. I'm tempted to take the puck line, which you can get at a plus 140. That is minus one and a half. You know, you score an empty netter there. You got a decent chance to pull it off, but we're going to keep it simple. We're going with the money line abs to wrap it up in game six. Send the blues home where they belong. My DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in. Cool, cool, cool. We knew the order of the schedule uh, or, you know, what it was going to be for CSU this year. We did not know what the TV info was going to be, what time the games were going to kick off. We now know most of that. The Mountain West released it on Thursday at about 12.30 p.m. So we'll just run through it real quick, give a couple of takeaways, and then we'll move on with our lives. But September 3rd, the opener, the Rams open at Michigan it's going to be a 10 a.m. kickoff. These, these times are all mountain time. And it is going to be televised on ABC. 
couple of quick thoughts on that. I like that it's an early kickoff, just given, you know, you're playing in the biggest stadium in the country against a team that's going to be in the preseason top five. I'd rather play at 10 a.m. or, you know, play early in the day than a night game where you have to sit around and, you know, let the nerves build up. Just get it going, get it over with. Maybe Michigan's a little bit sluggish early. You can catch them on their heels a little bit. I just think it's a good time. If you're out in Ann Arbor, it'll be cool because you get to the game early. Then you have the rest of the day to explore, you know, maybe celebrate an upset if something crazy happens. But, you know, tour the campus, just have a fun day. If you're a fan at home, it's cool because then you get to watch the rest of the slate with very little interruption. I mean, it's kind of perfect. And then obviously with it being on ABC, you just have a great opportunity to gain some national exposure. You're not going to have a ton of competition at that time. You'll be one of only a couple of games on at that point. And just the fact that this game is on ABC and, you know, this very easily could have been on the Big Ten Network, but it's on ABC. It's going to be accessible for all is is huge. I mean, CSU's only played on ABC a handful of times over the years. Off the top of my head, I think the Las Vegas Bowl against Utah was on ABC. Uh, The Boston College victory in 2014 was on ABC when I was a kid in like 04, 05, uh, that the Rams went to USC and got absolutely curb stomped just 49 to zero, I believe on ABC. That was like a 7 PM kickoff primetime national game got absolutely demolished. Hopefully this time will, you know, be a little bit different, but you're kind of playing with house money too. I mean, the, the Wolverines 28 point favorites in this game, all of the pressure is going to be on them. I mean, if they come out of the gate slow, all of a sudden, you know, a team that's expected to contend for the the CFP playoff, you know, maybe the fans get a little bit tense. Um, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. But, I mean, if CSU can even just be, you know, relatively competitive, I think it just be, could be really huge for a confidence standpoint with this young team. I mean, you've got so many new receivers, obviously a redshirt freshman quarterback, a group full of other young quarterbacks, so many moving pieces. If you could hang, put some points on the board against Michigan, maybe get a turnover or something like that, you know, you're going to know that, you know, going into that week two against Middle Tennessee, you're feeling pretty good. Now, September 10th uh, against Middle Tennessee, that's going to be a 2 p.m. kickoff. Will be kind of hot, I'm sure, early September. Uh, People probably complain about their kids' soccer games interfering or something like that, but You know, whether it's early, whether it's late, you know, somebody always is going to have something to complain about with this schedule. TV is TBD on that Middle Tennessee game. I'm guessing it'll probably be either like FS2 or CBS Sportsnet. I mean, it's not going to be like a super, super desirable game. I would assume it does get picked up, that it doesn't end up being on the Mountain or something or the Mountain West Network or something like that. But uh, home opener September 10th against Middle Tennessee, 2 p.m. First chance for Ram fans to watch this team under Jay Norvell, I guess other than the spring game. September 17th, week three at Washington State, 3 p.m. kickoff on the Pac-12 network. Again, kind of perfect time, middle of the day. Can still watch the, the primetime games at night. Can still run some errands in the morning if you need. For me as a content creator, obviously selfish it's it's great you know these 8 30 kickoffs are are brutal i end up staying up all night to to finish this content for the morning but you know with here you know the game wrap up around 7 p.m maybe go to bed at like midnight 1 a.m get a little bit of sleep you know what's that september 24th week four sacramento state 2 p.m uh that is going to be ag day i like that you get 
have Ag Day against winnable opponents. I, I mean, Vanderbilt was supposed to be that. TV also TBD on that one. That one, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being the Mountain West Network just because FCS opponent. You know, maybe you get lucky and, you know, somebody like, I don't know, like CBS Sports picks it up, but we'll, we'll kind of have to see on that one. After the bye week, October 7th, the Nevada game is going to be a Friday night game, 8.30 p.m. on FS1. That's going to be a hostile, hostile environment, man. Jay Norvell, all these Nevada, former Nevada players, make their return to Reno. Late kickoff, give the fans a chance to get nice and sauced up all day. I mean, I was thinking about it. Outside of the border war or Air Force for the local rivalry component, this is probably going to be the most hostile conference game that CSU's played in like a decade. I mean, I, I really can't think of any circumstances that would have been even remotely similar. I mean, like CSU fans didn't like those Boise State teams, but they weren't like rivals. And maybe Utah State got a little chippy for a couple of years, but nothing like this where the fans are going to just blatantly hate the Rams. It's, it's going to be interesting, but I kind of like that you get it out of the way early. Similarly to the the Broncos, I'm a Broncos fan, obviously. Week one at Seattle, I don't love that, but I don't hate it either because you know that that was going to be lingering in the back of Russell Wilson's mind all year. You know, I got to make that trip to Seattle. At least this way, you just get it done. You know, just get it over with, move on with your life. And I kind of feel the same way with with this game, you know, for the former Nevada guys, for Norvell, for Mummy. Just get it over with. You know it's going to be hostile. You know it's going to be intense. They're going to boo you, all of that stuff. Then you get to move on with the rest of your season. I'll be interested to see what the line looks like in that game. You know Nevada's going to play hard. I mean, it, I, I could see CSU losing that game. I really could, but especially depending on you know, what happens with the offense. If they come out of the gate a little sluggish those, that first month, like that, that could definitely happen, but... Again, the, the benefit of playing it early is even if you drop the first conference game of the year, it is on the road, and then you get to come home and, and play Utah State for homecoming, which that's kind of a tough homecoming draw, to be honest. But you, you get the Nevada game. Just get it out of the way. You still have a chance to rebound if you fall. Or you win, and you get it out of the way, and you get that big win to spark off conference play, and you're feeling good going into homecoming against Utah State. That is going to be on October 15th. Uh, that's a Saturday. So after playing Nevada on a Friday, you get the extra day of rest. 5 p.m. kickoff on CBS Sports Network. I love homecoming. You know, hopefully we get some 2014 vibes. That was one of the the most fun conference games I've been to for sure, but definitely the most fun CSU-Utah State matchup. October 22nd, Hawaii comes to town. Time to be determined, TV to be determined. I assume that's going to be a night game, but I mean, the last time Hawaii was here I think it might have been an earlier kick no it was 5 p.m kickoff so yeah I'm guessing it'll probably be somewhere between 5 and 8 just based on the time difference like you, you know you're not very likely going to play at like 2 p.m and have it be 10 a.m Hawaii kickoff but you never know uh, we shall see on that one one week later they go to Boise State that game is going to be on one of the Fox networks so if CSU and Boise are really good, you know, you have a chance for that game to be on Fox at the very least, you know, should be on FS1 or like if CSU is really bad or Boise is really bad, then you move it to FS2. But an opportunity potentially for that one to be on one of the main networks as well. After that, the Rams play on November 5th at San Jose State. 
TV and kickoff time TBD on that one. A little surprised on that, but I guess it kind of makes sense because San Jose State and CSU are both kind of question marks going into the year. San Jose State added a lot of talent. They brought over a couple of Nevada receivers as well, Justin Lockhart. They brought over a Hawaii former Hawaii quarterback, Chevin Cordero. They have uh, their, their stud defenders all coming back, Kate Hall and Plath. I mean, they're going to be really, really tough, I think. I think they're definitely going to be a bowl team. But are they going to be in the, in the mix for the championship? That's where it's really going to get interesting with San Jose State. You know, that potentially could be a, a big game as well. After back-to-back road games, the Rams come home on November 12th for the Border War. Wyoming game going to kick off at 5 p.m. That will be on CBS Sports Network. You know, pretty much always going to be a, a night game for CSU Wyoming. We did get the afternoon last year, but that's pretty rare at this point. November 19th at Air Force. That game will also be on the Fox Networks. And again, it's kind of like Boise State. Air Force really good last year. They should be pretty good this year as well. If that's a game where, you know, the winner is is looking like they're going to end up in the Mountain West Championship game or something like that, that game's probably on Fox. If it's going to be kind of inconsequential, you're probably looking at FS1. I doubt that's an FS2 game just because you have the national poll with Air Force. But uh, yeah, we shall see on that one. It would be nice to get a day game just since you have a Wyoming at 5 p.m. It is at the Academy. It can be cold and windy there, you know, late November. You're hoping for like a 1 p.m. kickoff there. That's that's the most ideal scenario, 1, 2 p.m. Knowing how it'll play out, it'll probably be like 7, 7.38. Like, it, it's just how it is. Then uh, finally, the Rams will wrap up on Friday, November 25th, second Friday game against New Mexico. That will be 1.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network. So unless that game gets flexed, which, you know, it could always get moved. No Thanksgiving game this year, which, you know, again, as a content creator, I'm thankful for. I would like to be able to have turkey with my family. But yeah, that is the 2022 football schedule as we know it so far. Obviously, we'll keep track of how that all plays out throughout the season regarding Boise State, San Jose State, uh, Hawaii, and Air Force for kickoff times, TV info, all of that fun stuff. But Ultimately, I think the Rams have a decent variety. They have an intriguing non-conference slate. I think those first five weeks especially are going to be really important. The Rams got to find a way to go three and two there if they want to make a bowl game. If they can do that, you know, then anything can happen going into conference play. If you're sitting at two and three, probably going to need to pull an upset or two. But, you know, you never know. You can win that game on the road at Washington State. I think Nevada early on is is winnable, obviously, early in the conference slate. So we shall see. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how competitive this Rams team is under Norvell and Mummy and Freddie Banks in year one. You know, with, based on some of the comments that both Norvell and Mummy made, I, I do think they they feel that this team is in a better spot than Nevada was in when they took over in 2017, that they have an opportunity to potentially you know, be a little bit more competitive than that team that finished three and nine. But I mean, even for a team that finished three and nine, that 2017 CSU Nevada game was a shootout back when uh, Ty Ganji was a quarterback. That was one of the more fun games that entire season. It's going to be interesting though. I, I do think a bowl game is within possibility. They just, they got to win the easier ones. You know, no game is easy, but some games are more winnable than others. You can't be losing to FCS teams at home and, you know, you've got to find a way to beat a, what should be a pretty average Wyoming team. Like, 
when you lose those 50-50 games, it just gives you no opportunity. And that's kind of been the case with the Rams for the most part for, you know, six, seven years. Like, you got to really go back to, like, 2014 to where they were winning those type of matchups consistently the end of 2013. Big year for the Rams. Can't wait for it to be here. Really looking forward to getting out on the road, providing you guys as much coverage as possible. I will do a ton of preseason coverage, training camp coverage, ramping up to that season, obviously. But it's going to be here before we know it. I mean, we're within 100 days. All of a sudden, it's going to, you know, we're going to look at the clock and or the calendar, and we're going to be like 30 days out. And I, I can't wait. I know you can't either. Thank you for continuing to support my content. Much love to all of you. Hope everybody is enjoying their summer. I certainly am. Much love to all of you. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like not for